0: Love, talk radio The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment tips from top teaching professionals helping you improve your game from tea to green good morning welcome to the women of golf the number one women's golf show around the world with hosts ted otoriko and cindy miller join them as they interview some of the best players from the epson LPGA and Legends Tour and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy.
1: All right, good morning everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted O'Dorico and right alongside of course each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller and we are of course are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning,
2: Ted. How are you?
1: How are you? I'm I'm doing well as always, a uh, beautiful day out and uh, always excited to be here uh, with you every Tuesday morning to do the show. And we've got a great show this morning, we're going to uh, be joined by uh, this past weekend's winner of the Epson Tour's Copper uh, Rock Championship and then a little bit later on you and I are going to spin into the no BS zone and talk uh, about putting a little bit. Um, got an interesting uh, story uh, behind that here. but. Um, Let me remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, so you want to make sure that you tune in. And for some reason, if you can't, uh, just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash womenofgolf, and you can just scroll down to the On Demand section, and you'll see all of the shows, including today's show, will be there uh, in its entirety, at the recorded version, so you can listen to it when it's convenient for you. But thank you for joining us live this morning. And uh, Cindy, I'm going to just read out a couple things about our, our first guest this morning, and then we'll invite her on the show. Um, her name is uh, uh, Dottie Ardina. She was born in '94 and is a Filipino professional golfer. Uh, she won numerous amateur tournaments in Asia and represented the Philippines at the Esperito Santo Trophy uh, World, uh, World Amateur Team Championships in 2006 and 2010. And her 20, uh, 2006, excuse me, appearance at age 12 made her the youngest player ever to compete at the World Amateur Team Championships. Uh, she turned professional in 2013 and has played on both the Epson Tour and on the LPGA Tour since 2014. And this past week, Cindy, she won uh, her first Epson Tour win at the Copper Rock Championship in Utah. So let's bring out our guest, uh, Dottie Ardina.
2: Good morning.
3: Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Cindy and Ted. How are you?
2: Good. How are you? We are. You've got to be
3: excited. I'm feeling good. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Well, we're we're happy to we're happy to have you. Uh, and congratulations, yes, from both of us, Cindy. Do you want to go ahead and start?
2: I do. So, when's the last time you've been to the Philippines?
3: Uh, I was home for three months uh, from December to February. And I got back
2: here first week of March. Our daughter-in-law is Filipino. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) So I know all about the food and and what a great culture it is and everything. So that's awesome. Okay, so tell us how exciting it was to finish first. What happened on the last day? Um I was telling
3: um Ted earlier cuz the first uh the first two days was was very very tough because of the weather. Uh, it was windy and raining. It's just every every bad weather. It's just there in two days. But um the final round was a totally different golf course. So I feel like I had um the opportunity to Make a lot of birdies, and I was just taking it shot by shot and focus on my game and not really look at the leaderboard
2: That's awesome, that's awesome. How hard is it to stay focused on the process and not look at outcome? i mean
3: i was um I was playing with um the other girl from England. And, you know, we're we're good friends, and I feel like we're very com- comfortable playing with each other on the final round. And it's just, I think it's less pressure when you play with a good friend.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree.
2: Ted?
3: Yeah.
1: You know, what, what's interesting, and, and um, Dottie is, is – selling herself a little short because um, first off, let me go back to the weather, excuse me, that she mentioned was um, 40 mile, roughly 40 mile an hour wins the first day. Um, so that's going to test even the best of players uh, out there, but she was actually five back coming into the final round from the leader at that time and fired a bogey free seven under to go two shots ahead. Um, and, obviously finished at five under par and uh, won the tournament by two strokes. So she obviously played uh, very great, took advantage of the nicer weather on the last day. But I also want to talk about some things too uh, that I noticed in some of the the notes that we received. Um, Back in 2018, Dottie, you um, really had a number of close calls. Um, In that season alone, you finished runner-up at the... um, which would would, would have been the Epson uh, Classic, the Self-Regional Healthcare Foundation Women's Health Classic, and the PHC Classic. Um, So she also ended tie for second on two other occasions at the Donald Ross Classic and the IOA Golf Classic. So back in 2018, you were really knocking on the door um, several times throughout that season. Talk about after that period, in 2019, prior to the pandemic, um, obviously, that mm-hmm. sort of stymied everybody. Um, but you were so close. What do you think was the reason you weren't quite able to get to that first spot during that time? With so many close calls, you were literally knocking on the door. Was there a part of your game that you feel maybe let you down uh, and prevented you from making that you know, extra putt or what have you? What was the reason that you didn't quite get there uh, back in 2018?
3: Um. I think because I finished five second place back in 2018 Mm -hmm. and two of them are, two of them I lost in the playoff, but then the other three is, I I lost by one. I feel like all of those, all of those five events are, like I'm coming from behind and my final round it just wasn't enough. (laughs) So I also, you know, I... To golf, and I understand maybe it wasn't really my time to win,
1: <laughs> right,
3: so I just kept yeah, I just um kept being patient and i I knew i'm I'm due to win one day, but uh last right. week was just uh,
1: uh
3: you know I was very surprising
1: <laughs> well, when you're you know you're exactly right when you're that close, I think to to getting over the, the the finish line, as it were, um, you know it's just a matter of time. Um, you don't get you don't get to second that many times uh, without yeah. eventually it turning into to the first. Um, is there? Let me ask you this question, just as sort of a follow up: Are you a player like some players prefer to sort of hover around the lead, like maybe be a few shots back? Um, they're not as comfortable. Being in the lead, um, are you a player like that that um, obviously you want to be winning the tournament, but are you more comfortable maybe being close to the lead and then taking you know taking a run at it at some point through the tournament and then eventually obviously as you did last week, you won the tournament, or are you comfortable yeah. if you're in the lead as well uh,
3: I think I'm more comfortable not being the leader because it's okay I think it's um, it's better to play chasing the leader instead of Mm
2: -hmm.
3: kind of protecting your lead.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it definitely... I like
3: like playing from from behind.
1: Yeah, your strategy definitely changes um, from, you know, being sort of chasing the leader to actually being the leader because, as you said, it's more of a protecting that lead. Um, as opposed to, you know, kind of going for it, because at that point you've got nothing to lose. You've got to go after the leader, so you've got to be a little bit yeah. more aggressive in your play. What, in this last week, you, you talked about the weather, you mentioned um, the last day, uh, the last round, you were able to make a good run at it, and obviously ultimately went on to win. What part of your game do you feel this tournament really helped you get to that was there a part, particular part of your game was it your putting was it your shot making what have you or your driving what part of your game do you think really came through for you this week
3: I think my the number one would be my
1: uh,
2: my
3: putting I put very 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 good last week and also um, I think I played the course the like the course management very well where where mm-hmm. should I um, hit the ball or, like, where's the safest to miss with all that wind and try to um, get up and down from there? I think, yeah, yeah and, I, most of my putting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's good, you know, because usually some of the girls that we've interviewed here lately um, actually have said the opposite. Their putting is what's kind of let them down. Their ball striking was pretty good, You, know, they, you know, their irons are really solid, but they just couldn't seem to sink those putts. Um, obviously, you managed to nail down your putting stats a little bit more and mm-hmm. ultimately uh, was able to do that in, in your final round. What was also interesting, um, and then I'm going to turn it back over to Cindy, is you, on the final round you hit all 14 fairways um, and really was able to play more aggressive, both you and your playing partner at the time, uh, we're both making a lot of birdies, so yeah. uh, that kind of makes it fun. You're, you're, you know, you're, not sort of, you're sort of competing, but you're not really competing at the same time. And the other interesting thing that I really found impressive is that you chose not to check the leaderboard. So you were focused on your game yeah. and not worried about where you were, and obviously, you know, ultimately, you went on to win. So I think that's an important thing for a lot of people to, to take note of. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Tell us
2: your mindset. When you start to make a bunch of birdies um sometimes um, you you can pretend or protect your lead or uh-huh. your round. Tell us how you kept <clears throat> making more birdies. Um
3: usually what I think about out there after after making a birdie before i hit my tee shot on the next hole i forget i forget about the past like i would th- i would tell myself okay the last hole is gone like the last hole is done this is a new hole mm-hmm. and um it's just every every you know every tee shot i would think about it's a new hole so i don't really think about oh i just made three birdies in a row and then it would, that would kind of like scare me too make a bogey or protect those birdies, I just kept kept going.
2: (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Now, you've been doing this for a while. What have you learned by being in business for yourself? As I used to say, I am my only inventory. What lessons have you learned being out there?
3: I think um, the biggest lesson is to be um, positive. Because sometimes, you know, doing this for a long time, and if you're not performing well, things get in your head like, oh, am I? do I really want to continue this? But um, I just, you know, kept pushing myself and keep grinding and never give up. And I knew I knew it will.
2: Well, I knew one day I'll win. Would... That's awesome. That's awesome. What do you do for fun, Dottie? Uh, I sometimes I go to the mall just
3: to relax and walk around. But we, I mean, we don't really get to do much fun. We're on the road.
2: Yeah, if I have time, I would I would say, go go to the mall. You know what I call that? It's called retail therapy. <laughs> 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 yes, there's nothing wrong with retail therapy, Dottie. Sometimes you just have to do it. <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> right? Yes, and that's when you oh. find the best deals when you're not looking for anything. <laughs> Pat, Thank on.
1: You. I I think that needs to be a slogan. I, I I think you need to put that on a on a T shirt, Cindy. Uh, I think you'd make a fortune okay. with that. That's a good one. Um so I wanna I wanna go to uh hole number eighteen. This is on the last day. Um and as I mentioned, you know, a few moments ago, you were really knocking on the door. You hadn't been really looking at the leaderboard. Um until you got to 18 Um, and what was interesting and I just want to read something here this is essentially what you said and you know following the uh, the tournament and you said you kept saying to yourself calm down calm down put a good stroke on it and you'll make the putt you didn't look at the leaderboard until number 18 Uh, you kept your focus on the line for the putt and as soon as you hit it the spot you wanted to hit that's when you did the fist pumps because you knew it was going in. there's a moment, and you see this quite often on TV, before it even gets to the mm-hmm. hole, a player senses, I know this is going to go in. What made you sure or confident that you knew it was going to go in? And then I'm going to get to the fist pumps.
3: Um, well that, you know that feeling that I was making everything on that day? So I just got really positive and I don't know. I was just very confident that I'm going to make that putt. That it's just the adrenaline, the adrenaline of, and I wasn't nervous. It's just, I, I know I can make that putt. It is that that feeling that is, is very strong. <laughs> I don't know how to explain well, it.
1: <laughs> well, I think, uh, uh, let me see if I can help you here a little bit. And this is what I was getting at is I think, there, there's a point when you when you stand over a putt and you, you now make uh-huh. the stroke, you hit as you say, you hit the spot that you, you were aiming for, and you can just tell by the speed of the putt that, yeah, this has got enough to get there, but not too much that it's going to go by, and as long as it stays on the line I've hit, I'm pretty confident it's going to mm-hmm. go in. Is that pretty much how I, you would sum it up? Yes. Yeah,
3: because I... Okay. Like, learning from, you know, the past, Past few uh past tournaments, every time I make a putt, I always have to put a, like I always make a made a good stroke, and like my tempo was was good, so I I kept telling that to myself before <laughs> before I putt that on the last hole, because I already got my line. <laughs> it's the matter. Yeah, of, and and you know.
1: Yeah, and, and that's that's important. You know, I think that really differentiates. Uh, players like yourself who are at a high level compared to a lot of our amateur golfers. And I'm going to ask you something about that in a moment um, because they, you know, they tend to be very jerky. There's not a, you know, you had a good stroke, as you said, it's, it's very fluid. Um, You know, when you watch on the practice area um, before an event, when the players are warming up at a tournament, you know, it's a very smooth, it's uh, the tempo is really good. And then you go yeah. out and you watch amateurs at the driving range, and you watch them on the putting green, and they're all over the place. Um, the speed is terrible. The stroke is terrible. So um, I'm going to ask you about the fist pumps first, and I want you to answer a question that maybe can help some <laughs> okay. of the amateurs out there. So you, you, did a couple, you did two fist pumps following your 12-foot birdie putt on number 18 to seal the victory. And as I said, you, at that point, you had looked at the, uh, the leaderboard, so you knew where you were sitting. And it was just a matter of let's make a good stroke on this as well. Uh, was this kind of a, a tiger type fist pump, uh, or was this a, a, a ERD uh, fist pump?
3: No, it just um, it just came <laughs> out. <laughs> the, probably the first one because I hit the spot that I wanted, and then the second one is it went in the hole, and the first. You won. The thing that popped in my head was okay, like I made it, I have a chance to win, and then I turned on the, I turned back and look at the leaderboard, and I was on top. (laughs) But I still, um, you know, there's, uh, I think there's two, two more groups or three more groups, uh, behind me, and you know anything could happen. They still have two, three Mm -hmm. holes, so I, I was just. I'm confident that maybe I have a chance because 17 and 18 is, is a tough finishing hole, especially 17. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's it, majority, a lot of players bogeying 17, and I, I parred it. So I think I, I had a, a good advantage on that. and Embraiding the 18 yeah, you... is, is really... It's really good. Icing,
1: it's a strong finish. Icing, yeah, it's icing on the cake, as they say. Uh, well done. Um, so I wanted to ask you, going back to putting for a second, I wanted to ask you a quick question about um, amateur golfers. You know, you you have sort of gotten your putting stroke down to a point that you know uh, it gives you confidence that when you step over the ball uh, and you're ready to, to putt towards the hole that you can tell by the stroke whether you put a good one on it or not. What do you see? Now, I know you've played in some pro-ams, I'm sure, uh, during your career thus far, and you've watched a lot, and I know probably sometimes you've had to bite your lip because you're thinking, you know, this is just not going to be good. Um, (laughs) When you see a lot of the – you know what I'm talking about. Cindy Cindy can relate Uh as well. Um, um, She's played in many, many. um, But when you see amateur golfers, what is it typically that you see them doing wrong, and I know that sounds a little harsh, but what's what is it that they're doing differently than what pros are doing? And if you were gonna if you were standing beside someone and they said, you know, Dottie, what do I need to do here? How can I, you know, make these putts a little bit more uh solid and whatnot, what advice would you give them?
3: I think from majority that I you know, um when they stand over the ball and they say it's left to right, they don't really look where I, the, where the line's going to break, like the apex of the mm-hmm. putt. Most of them look at the hole and putt it to the hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's it's just you know putting. You have to kind of break it down where you're get, where it's gonna roll on like on the break. So I think that's um, that's the number one like the, the factor that putts are not going in if you don't have a spot to putt first and then, you know, reading through the break.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think, too, well said. And I think, too, you know, in, in your final putts in the tournament, you know, you as you were explaining it um, in an interview, you know, you picked a spot. You, In other words, it wasn't the hole. The hole was not the spot. Now, in a straight putt, you know, um, you might look at things a little bit differently, but on a breaking putt particularly, yeah. there, as you said, the apex, you're looking for that spot, and you said that the average um, amateur golfer doesn't do that. They know there's a break there, but they're looking at the hole and saying, okay, if I just put enough on there, it'll get there, but they're not really aiming, number one, probably where they need to be aiming, <laughs> um, maybe not allowing yeah. enough break, or maybe right? And they're not putting yes. to that apex. Um, so, when you because break I it down, like is, uh, Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead.
2: Oh,
3: sorry. Uh I feel like 'cause if there's a lot of break and then you keep looking from the ball to the hole, so you're forgetting where it's gonna go. Like what path are you going. So it's definitely mm-hmm. going straight to the hole. If that makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, you're you're exactly right. And I think a lot of a lot of the amateur players work on you know the short putts which is good you got to do that too you got to, those mill knee knockers as they call them you know three four foot five foot putts mm-hmm. um but when you start getting beyond that and they're breaking that's where you're i yeah. mean you don't get a lot of i mean let's be honest in today's game with the way the the greens are undulated you're not getting a whole lot of straight putts very often no. um yeah. so but yet they're, that's what they're practicing, you know, 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. They're not practicing those breaking putts and so on and so forth. So um, I think that's a, some good advice. Um, Cindy, any, any final questions that you have for, for Dottie?
2: No, I just want to say congratulations and keep up the good work. I love the attitude and stay focused oh, thank on you the so
3: process. Thank you so much, Cindy. Yeah,
1: yeah I think... I think you're going to have a, a, a many more wins down the road. You, you, I agree with Cindy. You have a great attitude, and, and uh, I think you really you know yourself, and that's important. Um, you know, you know yourself. You know your game. You know how you feel and how you think out there, and you're not worried. The fact that, and that's what I really was impressed by, is the fact that you're not focusing on where the leaders are, and that you're focusing on your own game. And that's where I think uh, a lot of players could could take a, a cue from you. So. Again, congratulations on your win at the Copper Rock Championship. Uh, Many more this season. Win some more. You can come back and talk again. (laughs) We appreciate you spending time with us this morning.
3: Thank you so much, Ted. All right. Bye, Dottie. Okay.
1: Um, Very impressive, Uh, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I know we say this a lot with the girls, but um, really has a you know a sharp focus on her game, and the fact that you know, she's come close so many times tells you, you know she's got the game. I mean, some players, you know, they'll be 10, uh, you know, maybe finish 10th or a lot and don't really get close up. But to to get in one season that many number, you know, in the second spot, the runner-up spot, um, tells you that she's got game. And it's just a matter of waiting for that, you know, putt to drop, essentially, um, makes you the difference between winning and, and coming in second. So I think she's got a great, uh, a great future ahead of her, and um, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, where things go from here. All right, we're going to uh, zip in or spin in, as they say, to the no BS zone. And this was an interesting thing. I was reading something the other day, and I just happened to come across this. And this is um, uh, Dave Stockton's all-time uh, top 10 putting tips. And uh, Cindy, I know you know who Dave is, and, and uh, as do I, uh, but I'm just going to read something real, real quick here uh, before we start uh, for those that maybe are not familiar who are a little younger maybe don't know who he is. Um, he was in his prime in the early 70s. Uh, Dave Stockton uh, once went uh, some 950 holes without a three-putt, which is pretty darn impressive. Uh, still blessed with his revered putting game uh, that brought him 25 titles, including five majors. Uh, He now consults for TaylorMade uh, as well as a putting coach to some of the tour stars that have collectively notched 30 wins over the last uh, year or so, uh, including Rory McIlroy, his victory at the U.S. Open. So, uh, Dave uh, has uh, been a top-notch putter um, and has had a lot of wins, not only himself, but has helped a lot of tour players as well, have reached out to him for uh, some help. And uh, so I thought we would talk about some. We won't, probably won't have time necessarily to do them all, um, but um, I thought we would just kind of go through some of them here and and uh, and have a dialogue. So one of them is um, he talks about groove, uh, you know, consider groove technology, and he's really obviously this is uh, being honest is is more of a uh, a bit of a plug for for TaylorMade. So I won't get too heavy in that, but um, but he you know he talks about really. Um, some of the characteristics of the putter and how it uh, impacts roll and, and so forth and that, which I think is, is, is good. And I think the technology has changed a lot. So um, I'm going to approach it from this way. The first one is instead of talking so much about the groove technology, I think choosing a putter, much like your, your, obviously your other clubs, is a very personal thing because there are so many different styles out there. Did you go through sort of a, a ritual, if you will, Cindy, when you picked your putter?
2: Number one, it's got to it's got to look good to your eye, mm-hmm. and then it's got to set on the ground, comfortable to you. I mean, you can always adjust mm-hmm. the lie angle and the and the length. I like, uh, for some reason, I like center shafted putters, which is mm-hmm. kind of odd, but um, that's what I like. And it's got to feel good. I don't like putters with soft inserts. The ball doesn't Mm -hmm. come off it very um, quickly. So those are basically the three things. And then I get it adjusted, you know, for length and lie.
1: How about Um, you? I'm kind of along the same idea. I'm I'm not a real big fan of a lot of the inserts um, just because some of them I've noticed, as you said, the, the ball doesn't come off in some cases very well. In other cases, it just bounces off. Um, and, you know, ends up skidding along the ground, I just find... I had a really interesting thing, and I won't get into it too long because, it, uh, you know, I don't want to take away from the, the rest of the discussion, but I actually had a... There was a company out of Canada that developed a um, a wooden-headed putter. Uh, it was an old technique that was done a long time ago. And I got to admit, it was a really good putter, and I still have it. it uh, the company's called Greenwood, and uh, it's it, it's a an odd-looking putter compared to what's on the market, but it's just basically a, a block of, of wood. It's, uh, you know, obviously a high caliper wood, and uh, they've carved it into uh, into a putter head, and um, it's more of a like a mallet style. But uh, it actually has really good. There's no inserts or anything. It's just the wood itself, and of course it's finished. But it 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 has a very interesting feel. I found you had to hit a little bit more firm than some of the other products on the market. Um, but it actually had a really good, uh, interesting feel to it. So I think putters are very personal. I think, again, like you said, number one, I think it has to look good to the eye. You have to like the look of it and that. But more importantly, too, I think you also have to have – it has to feel good. Some putters are very, very light. Some are very heavy, depending on the style. I've never been one – I don't know what your thought is – I've never been one to really grapple to the belly putters. You see – um some of the players vj singh was one that comes to mind on the men's tour um there are others as well um what are your quick thoughts here on that uh you ever see yourself adapting that down the road or no no yeah i, didn't know. It <laughs> I, I just freddie couples Again, yeah freddie couples was enough, yeah no thank you yeah Yeah, Freddie Couples was another one on the men's tour that tried it for a while. I think he's gone back to his his old style of putting. But, uh, yeah, I just to me, I I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I I had a hard time. I could never be accurate with it. Um, So it was always um, just, uh, again, it goes back to feel. Uh, And I'm like you. Once I find something that I like, you know, then I get it adjusted accordingly. Um, Another one that he talks about, he's a firm believer of uh, sort of developing a forward press, excuse me, uh, unlike most golf shots, the grip of the putter should remain perpendicular as long as possible through impact for both putts and short chips. Um, this sort of helps keep the putter head low to the ground, which allows the golf ball to sort of hug the surface of the green and develop a true roll more quickly. Um, and and I, I think there's a certain... But again, I think it's the, some of the styles of the putter, it just depends on, on the lie angle and so forth. But um, do you kind of subscribe to that with a little bit of a forward press when you... Uh, uh, and but what we mean by that is obviously uh, where the the handle of the uh, of the putter is actually slightly forward uh, when you're making the stroke. Uh, do you subscribe to that? Is that something that has worked for you, or or do you keep it pretty much perpendicular?
2: I do a little forward press. Just starts the
1: motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah. And, and he Feels talks better. about yeah he he gets yeah. He gets into the, in a little bit more and he talks about that this sort of naturally uh, de-lofts the club face, um, which you know helps and he gets into a little bit more specific talks about the degrees and things like that um, but I, I think again it's a personal thing, but I, I think he's you know he's been very very successful putter he's been one of the uh, top putters, not the top but one of the top putters for years on uh, both the regular tour and then when he went on to the uh, the senior tour uh, or champions tour. So obviously he knows something about putting, and he's played around with it uh, extensively. Um, so I think it's it's some good advice. So that's something to consider as well. But again, it's a personal thing. Uh, he also talks about the left hand. This is the next one. It talks about the left and right hand roles. Uh, he's talking about here as an example, as a right-handed golfer, the right hand provides the power and the feel in the putting stroke. The left hand merely goes along for the ride. Uh, but he also says that the left hand must do that in order to keep the putter head low through impact and not pull up and out of the shot. Um, so I agree with that. I think a lot of times, you know, if you ever watch some of the pros, Cindy, and i get your thoughts here, you'll see them sometimes they'll take their right hand and they're sort of mimicking their putting stroke. Um, so it, it, it tells me right there that obviously they're they're right-hand dominant, that they're also realizing that that's the, what's giving the pow, power to the putting stroke. Um, what are your thoughts here?
2: Yeah, I make my students putt one-handed,
1: mm-hmm.
2: practice putting one-handed with their right palm. The right palms go in the same direction as the face of the putter, which is why I would never yep. do left-hand low. Um, yep. It's just a feel thing, and it's personal preference, right? So you got to figure out what mm-hmm. feels best to you and what works best. But I believe, yeah. yes, right hand.
1: Yeah, and see, and I think the the one thing that that players have to be cautious of is not applying too much. In other words, you can't force the movement. So in other words, the right hand does play a more, and again, this is for right-handed golfers. Obviously, if you're um, golfing uh, left-handed, uh, then your left hand is going to be uh, the one that's applying power because you're going the opposite direction. But um, you've got to be careful, too, because I've seen some people where they put too much power with that right hand, again going back to right-handed golfers, and actually end up shutting down the, the club face because it twists in their in their hand, and uh, and I'm talking about the putter of course, and end up pulling the shot, or the other way is they open it up and they push it, um, so you, you got to be here, but it's definitely a power, and I, I agree with you, I, I think what I've done for years with my students, I make them putt one-handed, um, just to get that feel, and as he points out, the left hand is basically... Um, Kind of just going along for the ride it, it It's really not so much the ride. It, I think the the left hand the right hand applies the power, the left hand kind of uh, keeps it straight. In other words, it helps steer in a, in a sense. Um, and what I mean by that is obviously it keeps the, the the putter face square, and then the right hand obviously applies the power. Um, reading putts, um, he talks about splitting the putt into three equal parts, uh, but gives more emphasis on the third. Uh, the final third when the ball uh, will be traveling much slower and be most prone to movement from even the smallest of slope, and this is kind of a little bit what Dottie was talking about finding that apex uh, in, in that as well. I know this is something that you work with i 'm sure with your students when you're especially when you're down at the boot camps and that uh, when you're working on on putting in that, is getting them to really focus on the direction and so forth. Give us maybe a little snippet of that.
2: Well, again, it's kind of seeing an arc from the from the hole back to you. Where's the ball going to travel with the right speed to be able to go on the hole? And it's all about, you know, the distance of the putt, the speed of the green, the tilt and the slope, and how hard you hit it. Those mm-hmm. are the, you know the four factors. So once you, and you were just talking about, you know, slamming it with the right hand, it's all about feel. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. extra weight in my putter head because I want mm-hmm. to feel the weight of the head because I'm swinging the head to be able to strike the ball cleanly. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot more feel than I think people think. I think they try to slam mm-hmm. the ball in the hole and then it's never going in. Yeah. But if you have the right speed with the right line, you can make a lot of putts, a lot of putts. Yeah. So, again, the other picture thing... with the right speed, how much will this ball break?
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, and, and just something you, you said that was really interesting is and one of the things, I, I have kind of picked up some of my old putters that I've had for years, and I'll tell you why. I find it, and maybe you feel the same way, and that's probably why you've got a little extra weight on your on putter head, I find a lot of today's putters, not all of them, but a lot of them are very, very light, especially in the putter head. I, I, there's a lot of them I have a, a tough time putting with because I can't feel it. Um, like if I just, you know, I'm in a store or something or a pro shop and I'm testing out some of the putters. Some of the newer putters, not all of them, but some of them are really light. Do, have you found that? You know, I'm sure you monkey around, test them once in a while, and you'll you'll find a putter and say, oh, this looks kind of neat. And have you ever had that feeling where you just pick it up and it's like, oh, it, this just doesn't yeah. have a good feel yeah. to
2: it. Yeah, and then I put it back.
1: <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, especially when yeah, especially when you look at the sticker the sticker price on you. <laughs> and you're thinking, no, this ain't going to cut it. Uh, but no, it, it goes back to what you said. It's a personal thing. Um, but I, I've there's some. I mean, uh, you know, and obviously the opposite can be true too. There's some out there that are can be very heavy, and uh, again, it's not. But I to me, I just find that the ones that have the, the lighter feel to it, I just don't like because I, I, don't, I don't feel anything. And um, to me, you've got to, you know, and, and the other thing I'm always worried about with that scenario is that with it feeling too light, I'm always worried that it's going to, you know, when I hit the ball, You know, through the stroke, that it's going to open up the the club face because it's it's not heavy enough. It, it, I kind of, and maybe just my imagination, but I always feel like it's going to pop it open a degree or two, and and then it goes offline. So, um, as you said, you got to, it's all about feel. You got to find what works for you. Um, He goes on to another one here. What's really kind of interesting is beware of practice swings. Um, he said for many players, he advocates not taking any practice swings as this causes you to think too much. But he said, but if you do, at least do it directly behind the golf ball on the target line rather than parallel to that line um, as most players do. That's a really uh, interesting thing because, you know, we've always, you know, take a few practice swings and, or in this case practice uh, stroke for your putting and that. Um, but he's saying actually um, – sometimes that can be a bad thing because it caused them to overthink I the process. Why? Yeah, I, you know, he doesn't... Um, he says... Well, he goes on to say, he says that, um, uh, that the way you are viewing the path, your ball will actually take just as you would, like, with a practice shot with a pool cue. So keep looking at the hole, getting the feel of the path of the putter, of the putt, rather than looking down the imaginary ball position... Or movement of the putter head on the ground, so I'm not exactly sure what he's saying here. But, but I think what he's getting at is he's wanting you to get behind the shot and kind of feel from there. Because I think sometimes when you get parallel at the ball and you're doing that practice stroke, I think maybe he feels that you're going to overthink the process and you're not really getting a true pitcher, And he's emphasizing maybe more of a down the line shot. I don't. It works for him. I purposely uh, – uh, I take a few, uh, you know, practice strokes. Um, I don't think you should do a lot, uh, but I think you do have to do a couple. So I, this one here I kind of disagree. I think this is more of a personal so thing So say that him.
2: again. I, thought I misunderstood you. you he wants yeah, you to okay, take so it read behind the, whole, the ball, not,
1: yeah, not so he as thinks, if you're going to play. Yeah, I, yeah, so he said, uh, so if you do, at least do it directly behind the ball, the golf ball, on the target line rather than parallel to that line. So I think what he's saying is get behind the ball, don't stand parallel. So in other words, you're actually directly behind the ball and not parallel. So I think it's a visual thing maybe is what he's getting at. I could be wrong. I can't get inside of his head. But So in other words, instead of standing parallel like you would the, you know, the, the train track, you're actually standing directly behind the ball and doing it. So you're actually, like he said, his analogy with the pool cue, you're looking down the the actual line of the shot, you're not looking parallel to it. So maybe that's what he's referring to. I'm not really uh, clear on that myself. I'll be honest. Um, but I, um, you know, I'll sometimes stand behind the ball, but not. I think the way he's talking is directly behind the ball, um, you know, maybe a foot or so, and then and practice that stroke. I have done it parallel for years. I found it works for me, and it's worked for my students. So I, this one here, I think it's just that's something that has worked for him. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a try or or true, um, you know. Um, I think the other thing, too, I'm going to skip down here a little bit. Um, One of the other ones he talks about, uh, forget perfection. There's so much emphasis on on knowledge, uh, perfection, and optimization uh, in every area of golf these days. But when it comes to putting, trying to get everything perfect will inevitably Make your tension levels rise. Be relaxed in your approach and throughout your routine. Set up there and feel that you're rolling it and letting it go. So essentially what he's saying here is, you know, everything doesn't... Again, perfect examples. look at Jack Nicklaus. Jack Nicklaus stood open with his putts, but yet his putter went down the line. But he had his feet open and, and even his shoulders a little bit were open as well because that to him... Allowed his body he felt to to be open as the putter went through, but he still managed to keep the putter head online so I think what he 's basically saying here is don't get so mechanical with your putter um, as we do in so many other parts of the game. You see a lot of players getting very very mechanical in their golf swing he's saying that's a and as i 'm reading this that's in his opinion a recipe for disaster if you try to get to um, technical on it. Um, what do you think?
2: I agree. I also believe that you got to set up to where it's comfortable and you can see the line. Mm-hmm. You, you follow? It, it, sometimes it feels yep. better to be a little more open than square. Like I'm, I happen to be right eye dominant, and it helps me to be open so I can see the line. If I get too over it and my eyeballs are over the ball, I can't see where I'm going, and then I yank all my putts. So, again, try to just get comfortable to where you feel like you can make a good stroke and put the ball in the hole. Sometimes I tell my students to buy a metal yardstick and put the ball on top of the metal yardstick and put it three feet away from the hole so all the balls roll down the yardstick and go in the hole just to get your eyesight comfortable. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yep.
1: Yep. No, I I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, there was another point that he had uh, a little earlier on, and he talks about ignoring the line on the golf ball. He says many golf balls have alignment marks on them, but if someone lines it up like that when he's teaching, uh, he'll roll the ball over so that they can't see it. He says, in his opinion, it's just an extra thought to have in your head and often looks wrong when you actually stand over the ball at a dress. So in any case, his focus isn't on the ball itself. He's thinking about that spot an inch or two out on the ground. So what he's saying is essentially here is um, he doesn't subscribe to the markers, uh, the alignment markers on, on some of the golf balls. So, obviously, I don't imagine he draws a line on there as well for him. And, again, I think this is very personal. I think, really, I, I want to preface I should have probably prefaced this in the beginning. These are just his top ten tips that he, and obviously we're not going to read them all out, but that he subscribes to that he has found uh, to be successful uh, for him. But they may not necessarily all work. I think some of them may, may be some sound principles, but I think it's really a personal thing because what works for one, again, there's a lot of putters out there that might not have lined up like Nicholas or may not line up like you do, um, and or or as I do. So, again, I don't think there's any one tried or true. I think it comes down to a personal preference. I think there's certain fundamentals in any part of the golf game that have to be uh, there. Obviously, the putter face has to be square uh, to your intended target line. But... I think as far as whether you have your feet a little bit open or whether you have your feet a little wider apart, narrower, what have you, um, with a few exceptions, obviously heavy, windy days, uh, I think is really a personal preference. Wouldn't you agree?
2: I do. And it also depends on whether or not you can see the lines. So some people see curved lines. Some people Mm -hmm. see straight. And I believe Dave is talking about don't use a line on the ball because he's probably nonlinear, and he may not know that. But Mm -hmm. nonlinear players who don't see straight lines can never use a line on their putter or the ball. Whereas linear putters can use a line on the ball and the putter.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. And I remember um, a few years back, you actually had, a, there was one of the players from the tour that was on, and you actually asked them that question, and I think you even invited them to do a little test after yeah, the show.
2: Was a few weeks ago. Never wrote that. So. But again, oh, it's, <laughs> it's amazing, and you need to know what you are, because it'll change your golf life forever, trust me.
1: hmm that's right. If um, you're non-linear, I think it's, very if you're linear,
2: it's not a big deal. If you're non-linear, it's going to change everything.
1: Right, and the last one that he closed out here, and I think this is, you know, rings true for anybody, is uh, to be confident. Visualize the putt on its path to the hole and dropping into the cup. Develop a ruthless putting or if you will, uh, where you are genuinely surprised if the ball doesn't drop. So again, he's, you know, he's he's basically here. You know, he says when he's putting. Uh, he'll have a level of confidence where he actually is shocked if he doesn't hole it, which is good. I mean, some people might say, well, that's a little cocky but, uh, or a little arrogant, but I think what he's basically saying, and, and, and this is really goes back to what Dottie was talking about. She's very confident in her putting right now. Uh, yes. She's obviously gotten her stroke to a level that she's confident. She knows that when she stands over the, those putts, she has a confidence that she feels she can make it. Um, whereas, you know, some of the others that we've talked to here re- recently, not so much. They're a little little sketchy with, with their putting right now, so they're maybe not as confident. Um, I think confidence is uh, in any part of your game, obviously, is important, but I think particularly in putting, because that's really where you're going to lose potentially a lot of strokes. And the fact that she didn't three-putt, um, uh, you know, uh, or r- rather, uh, Dave, sorry, not her, Dave talks about... Uh, you know, over roughly 950 holes, close to 1,000, he didn't three-putt, um, which, you know, is something that a lot of our amateurs <laughs> could probably, you know, even a third of that would be kind of nice. But um, but I, I think confidence is a huge thing as well, as you've got to feel confident in your putting stroke. So, again, working with, uh, you know, an instructor, you want to find what works for you, and then as you develop that technique and start, you know, sinking more more putts, that confident level is going to rise. What gives you confidence uh, out in the putting surface? Obviously, sinking the putt. But um, what what is it that you've developed over your career um, as a player? Now, not so much as a coach, but as a player, um, that gave you confidence when you were standing over the ball. What was it that you went went through your mind?
2: Feel, feel, feeling the putter head, swinging it back, not looking so much at the line, but feeling. The stroke, starting it on the right line, and just feeling the pace of the, of the stroke and the distance of the stroke. Mm-hmm. I don't ever try to hit it. I change the length of the putt by the, the length of the stroke, and it's all feel. Right.
1: It's all field. Yeah. You know, I asked Dottie, uh earlier, and I sort of alluded to you as well because I know you've played in tons of pro-ams and other events and things like that. So you've seen a lot of amateur players in that category, what some of the things, or what was most notable to you when you watched a lot of the amateur players, when you know everybody, your group's warming up and that, and you obviously had a chance to watch some of them putt, uh, particularly we'll stick with putting for now, but what particularly did you notice that they didn't seem to really grasp? I'm sure you agree a lot with what she said, but was there anything else that stuck out to you that when you were in the situation with a, with a pro-am that you found that a lot of players, uh, your amateur players, just didn't seem to either understand or grasp when it came to their putting stroke?
2: Pace and feel. You know, again, slam it in the hole and then knock it six feet by and three putts. So gain some <laughs> wisdom, right? Right. And then they'll say, well, never up, never in. I'm like, we'll never buy, never in either, right? <laughs> so. So again, it, it's the feel and the pace. Three putts come from distance control issues, not from not being able to make a three footer. Three putts come from lack of distance control, and distance control comes from lack of feel and pace.
1: What was so. the hardest? Um, yeah, what was the hardest part of putting for you? Um, was it the downhill putts? Uh, was it the breaking putts? What right was the hardest, or was it right to left was the hardest? for Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, left to right, not an issue. I will say not an issue, but had a much easier time with. But, yeah, right to left was always mine. I didn't really mind the downhill so much, unless it was, of course, it was a right to left downhill. Then that was even worse. But um, downhill I didn't mind so much because I had always been pretty decent with my distance control. Uh, Obviously, uphill putts, you have a a good advantage. You just have to give it enough to get there. Um, But, um, yeah, right to left was always uh, a a stymie for me as well. But very interesting. Uh, You know, I I think I agree with a lot of what what Dave talked about here and some of the points that we mentioned. Um, But, again, I think it goes back to what you said. I think it's really a personal thing. I think it goes back to feel and uh, what feels good to you. The putter has to feel good to you. And the stroke has to feel good to you as well. And the only way you're going to do that is you've got to practice so um, interesting points thought it would be a a fun discussion for uh, the no BS zone this week and um, we'll see uh, if we can help some people uh, tuning into the show But as always uh, we want to thank everybody and again a special thanks and congratulations to Dottie Ardina uh, winner of this past weekend's Epson Tour Copper Rock Championship that was out of Utah congratulations on your win and on that note um, just a couple of quick program notes um, we will be back again next week, of course, but the week after, which will be, I believe, the 10th, uh, we will not be doing a show. I'm going to, I don't know if I told you this, I'm going to Pinehurst uh, for a few days and uh, going to be oh, playing thanks. some golf. I did. I think I did, yes. So we're going to not have a show on the 10th, but we will next week and then we'll be back uh, the week to follow um, the 10th, whatever, I guess that would be the 17th. Um, so, but thank everybody for for joining us this morning. We appreciate you tuning in, and uh, have a great week. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Live, and of course, Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.